comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. to the Walking Dead TV podcast. This is for Season 7, Episode 6, entitled Swear. This is Episode 184. I am Craig DeMondo, your host. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newarth. I have returned. And trust me, we're just getting started. <laughs> Welcome back. I mean, we, we've heard from you. I mean, you've been, you've been active. You've sent in your reviews. You've been writing stuff. Right. So now you're just, you're just back to join us tonight. We're glad to have you. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad to be back here. I've mean, missed a couple weeks, but any when we get a Heath and Tara focused episode, I guess I just have to be on the show. Apparently. Yeah, you, you picked the right one to come back to. A lot to talk about. Yeah, right. I know. Those are, those 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 famous characters we all constantly right. talk about on this podcast. That's Dr. Dre, sir, with dreads. And you can hear him right now. Mr. Daryl Tara is also with us. Daryl, what's going on, sir? How you doing? All right. All star episode right here that we're gonna that we watched. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. Stars have been born out of an episode like this. Oh man, I know. <laughs> and great. Mr. Richard Chub Toad Sheldon. Yes, um I, I meant to tell you before we started recording I had an announcement and uh Go ahead, sir. This this will be my last time on the Walking Dead podcast. <laughs> Um, I have taken a job as a larder boat captain. (laughs) (laughs) I will be sailing the seven seas from here on out. Are you sure that's not a thing? Because I'm pretty sure it's a thing. It's not a thing? Okay. Just making sure. It's not a thing? Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I I have a question. Was she always funny like that? Yes. I don't remember her being this funny before. Since the first fist bump, she was always had this kind of way of sense of humor about her. So, I mean. I I love Tara. I I mean, and I forgot how much I loved Tara till this episode. I, I I'm gonna throw out there that I've I've been on record on this podcast saying how I wasn't a fan of Tara for a good long while until she stopped moping around about being part of the governor's gang and started lightening up a bit. Then she started like becoming a better character. And it's more I think uh, Daryl, it's more like she doesn't really have much to do on the show for her to be consistently funny. So like it's it is surprising when you have her being there for the entire episode. It's like, oh yeah, that's right. That's kind of her sense of <laughs> that's kind of her personality. It's just we don't see it often because she's barely on the show. Yeah, it helped her to be a part like it didn't help uh, uh whatchamacallit's sister, um that those episodes where it was just Daryl and her. 
I yeah. didn't like that character and exactly and in fact I hated the character in those episodes. Yeah. But I think it helped this character, it helped Tara a lot to be taken apart taken from the rest of the group mm. and, and, and being able to be on her own. I think it really helped because I noticed her. I never really noticed her before, but you know, now with the jokes and stuff, I, I really noticed her now. Yeah, she didn't something. have to sing, so that's good. You know? <laughs> oh my god, yes. I was excited about that. Yeah. So there was something Oof. there. I mean, I think that's why she stayed on the show as long as she has. I think maybe mm-hmm. the producers saw it. I mean, there was a little twinkle in her eye, that little that little snarky sense of humor that she has, that little, the whole fist bump thing. And right. I, I mean, like I said, it, it, have we seen a whole like Michonne episode before? No. But we have a complete episode of Tara. I mean, that's like, I don't know. I don't know what that means, but who knows? I guess we're, it, it says something about her character. But it seems more like The Walking Dead. Really, like the the, the showrunners really think like we need to bank on the fact that we can't have both Heath and Tara on because she's pregnant and he's going to be in twenty four. So we better make it up to those legions of fans out there of these two characters by giving them their whole <laughs> right. own episode, which was extended by another ten minutes. By the way, too. that's like, crazy. Oh, that did not need to happen. That did not need no, to happen at all. Not at all. I, yeah, I mean, I I've noticed her comedic timing and and her just just her general comedic stance before but she really showcases this and i am kind of surprised that i was surprised because she comes from a funny family uh elena masterson and i don't know just i really really like to say if you would have told me oh we're gonna have an altera episode i would have just told you i'm gonna sleep through it and um i didn't i enjoyed it yeah and folks we're now joined by mr jim deets Hey everybody! Welcome to the beautiful Oceanside Motel. Yes, it's a community. It's, not, it's like a, you know, it's a little resort community. I would say. My room anything, needs what, fresh towels. You can have anything you want for dinner as long as it's salted perch. <laughs> oh man. man! So, Jim, we're just about to get started. Your initial thoughts on the episode, if any, or should we jump right into the uh, into the synopsis? I thought I thought it was fine. It, I mean, it, I like I like I tend to like the episodes where they focus on one or two characters at a time. And uh, I thought this was fine. I like Tara well enough as a character, so I thought it was, you know, it was, you know, she could definitely carry her own episode. And I thought this was, you know, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, didn't rock my world. Didn't didn't make me want to throw some of the can at the TV. It was it was fine. Okay, know? yeah, we were kind of all saying the same thing about Tara. So let's just uh, let's jump right into the synopsis. We open up to a nice nice beach scene at dawn. It seems to be uh, little girl Rachel and Cindy are scavenging on the beach. They're off camera though, and we hear them chatting about some kind of teddy bear that's that's washed ashore, and Rachel. She doesn't want any part of it. Cindy's trying to say, oh, it's nice, it's cute, we can freshen it up, but Rachel doesn't want any part of that teddy bear. Rachel then notices a walker washed up on the shore, and then we see she runs into the camera. She quickly uses her spear to end it through the head, and Rachel's, I see she's under, she's like eight or nine years old, I guess, you know, she's pretty proud of herself and remarks that it only took one hit this time to, what uh, is it with this show and murderous little girls? I, I wrote yeah, that yeah. like psychopath girls, and not even just like it murderous. Just like just... little girl, all, every little girl we encounter in this show is a psychopathic killer. Well, it's, like Lizzie yeah. would be right at home in this community, by the way. Yeah, like, they would oh, hang yeah. out. Yeah. They'd be pals. They'd be besties. You know. Wait till Judith can walk and talk. <laughs> then <laughs> we're gonna have some danger. Oh, Judith's oh, watching her daddy all day. Judith knows what's up, and Judith's gonna mm-hmm. be a fighter when she's getting older. <laughs> my other question is: Did you expect to see Mr. Strand sailing in the background there on any of those beaches? <laughs> oh man, you see the Abigail just kind of sail in as a little uh, little Easter egg. Is that what you were thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Oh. You know, a long trip it had to take. I like to look through, what, Panama? Yeah, Panama, Panama Canal. Canal. That's right, yeah. Wrong coast. 
So Rachel then sees another body washed up on shore, and she runs towards it and is about to repeat the maneuver. But then Cindy, off-screen camera again, says, Wait! As she approaches and realizes that the girl on the beach is actually alive. It's not a bobber, she called it. And it happens to be our lovely Tara. So Rachel, the little future psychopath that she is, still wants to stab Tara in the head, even though this person's <laughs> not dead and is not a zombie. Cindy insists that it's wrong and wants to know if Rachel will snitch if she helps this girl off the beach. Rachel then just runs away and says, you know, I won't help you. I won't snitch, but I'm not going to help you either. And just kind of runs away. <laughs> so we, I, I have to, I have to say, yeah. too, like, Bobbers is probably the worst euphemism for zombies they've had on this show so far. Well, they're, they're a beachside community, so I guess they're trying to, like, make but, it right, relative, right? I, I, I mean, I understand they're going out of their way not to use the word zombie or whatever, but, but <laughs> Bobbers? I mean... They generally call them the dead, it seems. Yeah, so, like, Bobbers is more like the, the, the waterlogged dead <laughs> that wash a bunch. The ones they're used Didn't to dealing they with. they use that in fear yeah. at one point this last season, though? Didn't somebody <sighs> refer to them as Bobbers? No, that was that episode. That was that episode where Strand and Madison decided to go bobbing for apples. That, that uh-huh. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that right. one. Yeah. That was all you guys that watched Fear with us. Obviously, you know what we're talking about. But for the ones that didn't, which is a lot of you, you know, that's what we're yeah, Jim, obviously well, referring. Yeah, you missed when that one. one yeah. character, you know, when the one character named Bob died, they referred to him as a Bob. He's a Bob. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tainted meat. That so, was uh, that was that's what that's what Sasha did to pass the time. She made up cute nicknames for Bob by calling him Bobber. Right. <laughs> so we we end the cold open with Cindy dragging Tara off the shoreline and bringing her in inland, and that's that's the cold open. We we see our credits, and now we have some interesting time jumps again. So we we we've now time jumped backward to see, I guess, how Tara ended up in this position. You know on the beach passed out. Heath and Tara are chatting it up in the back of their camper that they have. Heath is feeling pretty down that the only thing that they've scavenged in two weeks are some rusty cans of okra. Tara, though, is a bit more optimistic. She calls back a quote from Glenn saying, you know, rule one of scavenging. There isn't anything left in the world that isn't already hidden. That was a little... Rule two of scavenging. There isn't already anything left in the world that isn't already hidden. (laughs) (laughs) Heath is... (laughs) <laughs> and all they found was okra. That's just sad. Rust, rusty cans Oak of okra, by the way. I know. It's it a... <laughs> it's, okra's terrible when it's fresh. It is. Oh, I love me some okra. Good. Oh. You can have all mine, man. It tastes some like some fried okra, okra some mm. steamed okra with some oh. butter. Oh, oh thank you. got mm. chub going now. Here we go. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Heath insists there's nothing left to look for and is really feeling down about what they had to do at Negan's compound, you know, killing all the people. And I guess we even saw hints of that. Again, it seems like so long ago, though. I really it was like nine episodes ago when they raided that compound. It was so long ago. But, I know. you know, he really was still having second thoughts about it. And he still is at this point because really it's only about two weeks from when that happened. But for us, it's like it's a whole summer. And it, this time jumping is getting really crazy. But yeah, ten- I wanted to say get over old shit. You just keep bringing it up. Like, what's, what's the problem, dude? Yeah, I think uh, Aaron um, pointed this out in his review that you can find at theyoungfolks.com, by the way, um, that the uh, previously on Walking Dead part was actually really helpful this time because it was like stuff from the last time we saw Tara and Heath, which was, you know, quite a while ago. Like, yeah, uh, you got, I think like I, I think I asked what happened to them on one episode of this podcast before and you guys pointed that out to me. But I'd be hard pressed to like think about the actual scene in which they said we're going to head out on a two week vacation or whatever vacation scavenger. hunt. so I was like, oh, OK, thank you previously on The Walking Dead, because I, I would not have remembered anything like that until yeah. you showed me that exact footage. Did that you episode, go out to yeah. find Denise an orange soda? 
Wasn't that the last time we saw her? Well, that was no, but she wasn't involved in that, no. right? That was no, that was a that was a whole different thing, right? Yeah, Denise went out to find the orange soda. Exactly, right. When she was out with Daryl, repeated, re- repeatedly, right? That died. But, but wasn't the beginning of that episode when Heath and Tara left? No, they left at oh. once the compound was taken care of. Negan's compound. They just drove off. But so much happened in that episode. I mean, Rick and his assault team. It, we we really didn't notice it. They just kind of said, "Okay, peace out. We're gone. We're going on a two week journey to find some supplies." We were busy being fed up with Carol suddenly developing a random conscious about her actions that we were like, oh, okay, those two, those two 15th and 16th most important characters of The Walking Dead are leaving. Bye. Bye. Peace. See you later. <laughs> so uh, Heath then agrees because Tara's disagreeing, you know, saying, look, man, you know, we had to kill them. It was either them or us. They were, they were killers. They were terrorizing all these people. Heath finally agrees, okay, look, we'll give you one more day. We can push towards the shore a bit, but then regardless of what we find or don't find, we're going to head back to Alexandria. And then we time jump back forward again to the beach. Tara is still knocked out, or so we think, at the place that she was dragged to by Cindy. Cindy then returns and brings back two bottles of water, places them nicely next to to Tara there, a salted fish and a spear. And as soon as Cindy walks away, Tara wakes up and drinks the water quickly and examines the fish. She notices Cindy kind of sitting there on the edge of the woods and eventually goes into the woods. Tara takes the spear and the supplies and follows Cindy through the, into woods, the woods carefully. Into the woods. Into the woods carefully. <laughs> I I gotta say, I'm not a. I wasn't a fan of this flash forward, flashback structure they went for in like the first half of this episode. I don't I don't know what it really added. No, it seemed like pointless. I could say yeah. I, I I could I could say the cold open made sense because they do that a lot where you jump forward in the cold open for the episode, but right. Repeatedly, because it wasn't like they're like quick flashbacks. It was like here's a lengthy chunk of time spent with Heath and Tara, and there's like a lengthy chunk of time spent with Tara in the future. Then we're going back again, and it's, so it's like, why? Like why can't we just play this stuff in order? Like this is not helping me out. I don't know what kind well, of like it. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's exactly um, for for those of us that listen to Jim Daryl and I on the uh, um, DC TV podcast when we were recording last night. I was just saying. This trope of 24 hours earlier or, you know, weeks earlier or whatever is getting old. It's getting played out way too much on television. And here we are the very ne- next night talking about it again on a podcast, you know. Hmm, yeah. like, and and Jim pointed out last night, it, comic books are doing it a lot now, too. And, you know, it's a great trope to use every once in a while. But when every damn episode or issue of something is... Oh, this is going on 24 hours earlier. It's just getting old. It's it's awkward and it just, and it because yeah. there's a you know there's a scene we're going to get to involving like the bridge and there's you know things could happen there that would make a difference, but I already know that Tara has to survive because we have these weird flash forwards already. Right. So it's like it it takes out all the the suspense of it. So I I don't know if it was one way and then they like edited around to be the other way or whatnot, but I know what like, doesn't do this. You know she doesn't get bit when she, when the wall of sand comes down with zombies. You know yeah. she's not bit because we've already seen her in the future from that point. So it wasn't as intense. No, I guess they were like, trying to tease. Yeah. They were trying to tease Heath's death, but they did it in a in a poor way, right? Is that what well, happened? They weren't even I mean? doing, well, they weren't well, even doing that. They were teasing the idea that he could be a coward, like which. Yeah, which, yeah. Right. which was all like, yeah, which is all camera angles, which is what the same nonsense they did with like when they faked out Glenn's death the first time. <laughs> <laughs> which is such a, I mean, that callback for that is so long ago when they were in the store 
And they basically, yeah. Rick had basically called them all cowards. Like, if something goes down, just leave them because they're worthless. They're, they're not going to help us. And and he had that conversation with Michonne. Is that that's how you look at us? Mm. Like so much has happened since then. Right. It, it it was like it didn't have that impact, and I don't know why I even remembered it when he said something. Well, that you know, was when, the, they, when he was lecturing the Alexandrians, right, and saying that like, these guys are weak. Yeah. They're not gonna. They're gonna get in our yeah. way. Okay, right. I remember that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and the whole heat thing that they were. I don't know what they were. I get the whole is he a coward or not thing, but. I don't know, and I know exactly where he's at. It's obvious that little card thing was an obvious clue, but we'll we'll get there. So, uh, Tara sees she makes her way through, uh, following um, Cindy in, in, in like the, the the woods there, and she sees two women carrying laundry into a cabin and kids playing. And then Tara goes deeper in to see more women and girls. Looks like they were hammering. Something on a table? Were they making ammunition? Is that kind of what they were doing? I couldn't figure out. Clothing. They're making clothing. clothing. They're making clothing. Is that what they were doing? I wrote wrote down child labor in my notes because they're making clothes. Okay, you have a better TV than I do. I couldn't see exactly what they were manufacturing on those picnic tables there. So, Um, but then suddenly she's spotted. Tara spotted, but she doesn't know it yet because one of the lookouts they use this kind of clicker thing to signal an intruder, and Mm -hmm. she didn't pick up on it. Like the I didn't even pick up on it on the first go round. But they they were like click 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 click, and then once once the rest of the townspeople heard the click so these ladies they head straight to the armory and start grabbing rifles next thing we know tara's being shot at and she takes cover behind some of the houses that that are nearby she then keeps running into the woods isn't very lucky i mean she is very lucky and doesn't get hit at all i mean she she dodged a lot of bullets there yeah they're not very uh, lethal even though they're all somebody ill Somebody on Talking Dead mentioned it about how they have all the uh, aim of the stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tara ambushes one of her pursuers. She kind of hides behind a house, knocks her down, ends up being Beatrice, takes her shotgun. Instead of killing Beatrice, just knocks her out with the butt of the gun. So spares her, shows her some mercy. Then Tara is stopped by little psycho Rachel of all things, with the that fake Glock click sound, which Glocks don't click. That's a different story. That little, <laughs> little, little click thing, and the gun is pointed up at Tara. Tara pleads for her not to do it, but Rachel's finger is starting to go for the trigger when then suddenly Cindy arrives to stop her again, and then they're quickly surrounded by all the rest of the armed ladies at that point. Tara then tries to charm her way out of it, saying, "Hey, I'm cool. I just crawled I, I, in." But yeah, she said, "She said she." I, 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 I okay, cool. She says, Hi. She says first. The first thing she says is, "Hi," <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then then eventually she says, "I didn't mean to." <laughs> Starts right. waving her hands in the air. <laughs> yeah, she just crawled in. She says, "Just let me go. I'll leave." I mean, you know, she did it in her little charming way. I didn't write down every line that she had, but um, it was cute. It was it was very Tara at that point. Cindy tells everyone to lower their weapons, and then the head lady arrives, which we come to find out later her name is Natanya, and just scours for a while while Tara is chatting, really, with herself at this point. So we time jump forward now to the bridge, and it looks... I'm sorry, we time jump backwards, excuse me, to the bridge, right. It's hard to keep track. We went backwards back to the bridge. It looks like someone tried to fortify a bridge against walkers, which kind of is not a bad idea in and of itself if people aren't the problem, right? Like, if just walkers you want to guard yourself against, it's kind of not a bad idea to be on a bridge. But then again, it didn't work, and it failed, whoever tried to set this trap. They well, arrived, like, yeah. like, 
but was it was it like there were they trying to like block it against walkers or was it just a trap like because there is i mean walkers were buried up in that sand it looked like people would you know unsuspecting people would come up on that bridge and try to get around it and then oh no walkers are in that sand ah and you know, get, I, I couldn't tell because it looked like there was tarps and like a little living area in the middle of the bridge like the people were, were camped out there that's what it seemed like to me but i don't know yeah there, there's a part where tara says that she came across a settlement or some kind of settlement that was uh, on a bridge when she's telling her story to the rest of the women i guess oh, she, right. thought it was, she thought right. she thought it was a settlement of some sort and they kind of the, the leader kind of had a look at her when she said that but i don't know what that was what that meant you mean i caught that too. yeah like there I, yeah, was I don't... something they were keeping secret about the bridge and then we never got a reveal of it all right well oh hold on a second is that the men then that were killed you like, know what that could oh yeah well, like, is, mean, is that their men like buried under sand or something is that when she's telling the story i mean they basically at least i got i gleaned from the way she was telling it that all the men the boys 10 years old and up all the men and, and boys were taken out to that bridge they were lined up I and think. shot and then we saw the just shell casings underneath heath's foot oh right maybe that is the so that must have been what it was yeah okay. well that makes to, sense but but to be fair that the, their community they Negan doesn't know where this community is. Right. No. They got away from where they originally yeah, were like, to where they are now. Yes. Wow. All right. Well, but anyway, I'm assuming yeah. maybe they, they were going to set the The men were going to set up something and they just came and wiped them out. Like, that's Perhaps, what I'm yeah. assuming. Well, but if they, I also yeah. don't okay. think that we had an accurate picture of how far that bridge was from where they're. Yeah, that's. Yes, the other thing. Yeah, like, like, yeah. It, it kind of seemed close, but we really don't know because we, we don't yeah, see a direct line to it. So right. it, it was like a, it was like a hike to get from where they are back to the right. bridge again. Wow. So the thing I'm saying though is just when they get to the sand, like as he's trying to pull like the one thing out of the sand, there's just like a t it's not like there's like one or two walkers that happen to be in like around the sand. There's a there's like a bunch of them stacked up inside inside the, sand. the pile so of like, sand, so, right? So that seems that seems like a trap to me. Mm. So Tara was still hoping to find something good, and she does. Right, she tugs on like a bag that's at the edge of the pile of sand with Heath next to her. She ends up collapsing the whole sand pile, of course, and it's filled with rotting walkers. They get up and start to attack Heath and Tara. Heath is pushed back to the other end of the bridge, and then we time jump again. Um, I just thought, just as a note, those zombies look pretty cool. The sand, the sandy ones, they were pretty. I mean, there's well, sand coming out of their mouth and stuff. And, they, right. they looked like <laughs> zombies out of a out of a gym. You might have picked up on this too. They looked like zombies out of like a, a, a Lucio Fulci film, like like they zombie, did. right? Especially well, the way that like they were um, like some of the faces were more rotted away than what we normally yeah. see. Yeah, it looked, like, looked like Italian zombies. <laughs> they <laughs> talked about it on Talking Dead. Did it they? was influenced by some Italian. Zombie film. Well, there you go. No, it must, well, there must yeah, be Fulci. Yeah, zombie, yeah, zombie. Yeah. Um, zombie is Fulci's film. Yeah, best well, what zombie. I really liked about it, and I don't know if this was intentional or they just got this right. Uh, right is is those people were definitely killed and put. I mean, they were in that sand from the time of death. Oh, because, right, right. Because, yeah. well, I mean, because obviously, I mean, I, if if someone is buried in sand like that, where it, it's crystallized sand, you know, actual sand, not dirt. It's going to mummify. So I mean, they were more or less mummified because they I mean they were completely dried. There was nothing dried out yeah. about them or nothing like that. So, so I mean, I gleaned from that. I'm like, man, they actually used a little bit of science there. I don't know if they did or it was just on accident, but I thought that was cool because 
they they were they looked more you know <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure negan oh and um simon were standing around thinking hmm <laughs> let me let me get up my textbook <laughs> <laughs> i got this truck it's full a, of sand it's uh let me see i'm yeah. talking though. about the guys that that actually did the effects of the zombies for the show not negan <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's a good plan, though, if you think about it. Like, yeah, if you no, have I, a truck... I'm being serious. I'm being serious, Jobs. I'm saying. Probably Negan, you know, took his, oh. took the, the amount of wit that right. he had and put matched that with some of his Negan underlings, or Neganlings, as we can call them. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> Neganites. 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 Say it right. Yeah. That sounds like the worst, like, uh, child's toy ever. <laughs> Neganlings. Yeah, they wobble, but they don't oh, fall down. Oh, look at the cute little Lucille in there. They sound like oh. something you get from Hostess. New chocolate covered nigglings. <laughs> if you have to get away quickly though, and they're chasing you, I mean that is a good way to stall people. Just if you have to get away, people are chasing just you. Just have it. Nothing better you, than a good bite of a niggling to get you going in the morning. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. No. So. We time jump forward. Tara is handcuffed to a radiator inside one of the cabins, and above wait, 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 wait. her. So wait, yes. wait, 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 wait. So in that, in that back, that last flashback. Yes. That's the last flashback. So that's where like Heath is trying to like shoot at Walkers, and then he sees Tara getting all ambushed by Walkers, and then you, you, you it seems like he runs away. That's what the camera kind of does to him. Kind like of. It, like, yes. Gives him like a, it shows a shot of him like standing there looking at Tara of all these Walkers, then like a Walker passes by and he's gone. Right. And so. You, you think like, oh no, he ran away because he's an asshole. But it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't, I don't know Heath to be this way. That doesn't make any sense to me. But any, we'll get back to be- that because there's a very similar time jump back where you see actually what happens, right? Which completes that scene. So yes, you're yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. like watching that, watching that, you know, as I was watching, it's like that's not the Heath I know. Like that doesn't, that doesn't add up. To- <laughs> <laughs> so again, we see Terry handcuffed inside one of the cabins, and above her is a drawing of the community that says Oceanside Cabin Motor Court, Virginia. So we know exactly where they are now. We can hear bells and air horns in the distance, too, outside an open window. Then the ladies who are talking in the next room enter the room that Tara's in. Uh, the head lady introduces herself as Natanya, joined by Kathy and Beatrice. Beatrice is the one that Tara hit in the head with the shotgun. And Tara asks, am I the only one who can hear bells? <laughs> Another little cute, <laughs> like she thinks it's, it's all in her head. <laughs> and Natanya answers that they use the bells to redirect the dead away from their community. So I guess they're they're stationed, you know, miles away to kind of draw them away from away from their little town there. But it's only partially effective that they're really honestly mostly just lucky that the general area they're in is clear from the dead. Natanya asks Tara where she's from. Tara spins a story that she's from Atlanta, but she's been with a friend of hers on the run for a couple of years and also spent some time on a fishing boat, wherever that came from. Larder. Yeah, right. A larder. Beatrice leans over and asks, what kind of boat? Was it a trowler, a sienna, a larder? And Tara says, yeah, the last one. Right, that one. You got yeah, it. It doesn't sound like a lie at all. <laughs> yeah, the last no. one. I'm not even going to say it back to you because, you know, we both know what you said. <laughs> So Natanya keeps the interrogation going, asking how she found how Tara found her way to the community, etc. Also saying that they shoot strangers on sight. Um, but since Tara spared Beatrice with the shotgun, and also her granddaughter Cindy tried to save her, Natanya just isn't sure what to do with her just yet. Tara simply says, "Yeah, that's uh, that's a pickle, all right." Yep. Because <laughs> she has this kind of way with words. It's now nighttime, and Kathy brings Tara to Natanya's house, 
We don't see what for at first, and I got a little suspense there, like were they bringing her to be like executed or something? But then they see that they enter the house and the dinner table set, so I guess she's going to have some dinner. Kathy undoes the shackles. Tara has a moment to thank Cindy for the first time for saving her life. Cindy says that even though her grandmother doesn't approve, meaning Natanya, her mother was the one who showed her the way to be merciful, I guess is what she was trying to say. I'm paraphrasing a bit. Uh, And that she was out there trying to show Rachel that way, the little girl. But we know that that's not going so well. After the commercial, we see Tara slurping up her fish stew. When Natanya makes her an offer that Tara can stay put uh, and, and lay down some roots in the community, she can stay and join them. That way, there wouldn't be a security problem with anyone knowing the whereabouts of the town. Tara then asks, and she can't believe she would ever be asking this. She even said that. Where have all the men gone? <laughs> right. She's like, I can't believe I'm asking this, but where, where are your men? <laughs> Natanya tells a story of a skirmish uh, with another much larger group that wanted to punish them. They killed all the men, and afterwards, the women left their old area and found the Oceanside community. Now, do we think these are the saviors? I, I was thinking. Oh, that. I did. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, obviously. I thought so. Yeah, yeah, it's you know. And she got it's... that creepy vibe. I, I'm I'm glad she asked that question because when she well, saw all women, she because of everything they've been through, it's a valid question to think this is another one of those groups that are kind of crazy, and mm-hmm. and to know whether or not they're right. just killing oh. all men or not. You know, like because they've came across quite a few. Yeah, not case like the termites. So they were sacrificing their men or something, like something like yeah, that. Okay, yeah. right. That's a valid question. I, well, but I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure it's Negan or the Saviors because wasn't Rachel or one of their guns didn't have a carving of Lucille? In that was one. Tara, that was that was one Tara had. Right, she had it on. Oh, her, okay. Which she got from the satellite. Right. Okay. But I, I was kind of like. This whole episode, I was a bit annoyed that it's like, this This has nothing to do with anything happening right now. It's like, why am I watching the terror adventures? And like, when, like we need momentum going on, you know, the rest of the story. But so it's like, okay, now we're in a brand new community that's not even in the comics. And it's like, okay, well, let's see where this goes. And well, I was I was hoping it'd be when you when you talk about like the other group that came in, I was hoping it'd be the savior just because like, I don't want there to be like a, a, another group that I have to deal with also in addition to this new group that I never heard right. of. <laughs> well, I also think what it is, is they're showing us different communities in different stages of Neganism. We're oh, yeah. seeing Alexandria, which is just now getting the full touch of what Negan is. You've got, you know, the kingdom that we've discovered that that you know they're playing ball with Negan, but it's obvious you know that they're not fully committed. Um, you've got a Gregory in the hilltop with nothing but a you know community of pussies, and then you know I mean, and now we have this that has been fully affected by Negan's you know they to the point that they wiped out you know their their male population. Just you know, so I, and I don't think this will be the last one. I think we're going to see a couple other communities as well. And it's I, very, it's very interesting too because I just was looking at at the map of of Virginia and some other things, and I know that you know they've basically given us the hint that in the comics and the show that Alexandria is on the outskirts or suburbs of Washington D.C. and Oceanside, which is near North Norfolk, man, that's like 200 over 200 miles. So that's one hell of a reach that Negan has. I want to I want to hear more about this on Richard Shubtoad Sheldon's cartography podcast. But the, <laughs> as far as the, as, as far as this goes, no, it's, it's titled I, Maps and Maps. 
I, I can agree. I can, I, I can, I can agree that the logic of showing us these different groups and different stages of Negan's right. power, like that's it. That is an interesting idea. Like I don't take that away from the show, and I do think the episode as a whole, it's pretty well written. Like I, I admire a lot of the ideas presented and some of the some of the ways they handle things without having too much dialogue to spell it out and nail you on the head with it. Like I like how some of that, a lot of that plays out this week. It's more of, I'm in the midst of the seventh season of walking dead where like some significant things have happened that I feel like need to get a move on. And instead I'm being dragged through this whole other plot that involves Tara like of, of all, of all the characters. Yeah. So it's like, all right, like this could have been handled in like a five-part web series or something. I don't know if I needed a you know an extended episode of The Walking Dead devoted to this character to tell me about some random community that I may never see again. Like it just the hashtag Oceanside brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> live, live Moss. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, if you what you're saying is true, Richard, that means Tara walked 200 miles back to Alexandria. Like, is that? I mean. If, well, that's, if that's where Oceanside really is, I mean, or are we assuming it's a little closer than that? I mean, you know what I mean? I would walk 200 <laughs> miles. <laughs> I would I walk 200 Anyway, moving along. Natanya says it's also <laughs> Natanya says it's also time to come clean about Tara's true background. Tara plays dumb at first, but Natanya says a larder is not a boat. It's a room used to store meat. Tara admits that she was totally lying, <laughs> but then tells them the true story, or at least most of it, about Alexandria right. and her girlfriend back there, how this group of people were terrorizing them and others. So they went to their outpost, the satellite station, and killed every last one of them. And you can see the faces around the dinner table there. They knew exactly who this group was, where that satellite station was. Like They kind of knew, knew who she was talking about. Tara suggests that their communities can partner up and work together. Cindy also chimes in and agrees with Tara's suggestion, but Natanya just puts her hands up and stifles the conversation. Natanya then suggests that, you know, yeah, we can let you leave in the morning. We'll, we'll, we'll give you a guide to help find your friend and take a trip to your community. So I kind of just got that creepy feeling at that point that she's being walked, mm -hmm. walked to somewhere and she's not coming back. Look at the flowers. Pretty much. Cindy tries to volunteer for the mission, but again, Natanya won't won't have any part of that. Real, real dour, sour. You wrote that in your in your write up, uh, Aaron. Dour. There were these dour women, or at least oh, yeah, she the, was. The like that was that was a good like, adjective to use. I like that one. Yeah. That's the other thing about Oceanside. Like I'm all for like you seeing a, a new community introduced and seeing like how you know what their you know what the quirks of them are, but. This one is really depressing. I mean, you have child labor going on over here. You have people killing everybody that comes in over there. And then you, you have death marches going on right now in the present. It's like, huh, this place sucks. Like, I don't want to go here at all. They're just grumpy women. Not, it's like, yeah, it's like, come I, on. You know? I, I, I wouldn't want to be invited to live a part of this community. This place is terrible. Like, Give me the hell out of here right away. <laughs> but now but as far as what, what you're saying, like uh, you, the uh, this whole death march thing, that's what I was saying about kind of the smart. The, the you know the clever writing I think going on here that whole conversation with Natanya that was you know the there's some nuances there as as far as like Tara has to speak a certain way and Natanya speaking a certain way where it's basically come live with us and you live don't live with us and you die but they're not mm -hmm. saying that exactly and I thought you know there there's some that's there's it takes some good skill to kind of write a scene like that that plays to those two different directions and then you have a scene like you know the next one where Tara's walking through the woods 
and she, you know, we don't need dialogue for us. You don't need her to say out loud, wait a minute, this isn't the right way. Are you guys going to kill me? She just pieces it together because we just right. pieces and stuff. Like, so it's, it's well done. From by the way, it was written by uh, David Leslie Johnson, by the way. I didn't mention it earlier. It was a writer yeah. and directed by Michael, Michael E. Satrazemus, just for right. the record. Yeah. If, yeah. If, this was her, if this was her back in, when the governor was alive, back when she was part of that group, she'd be dead. Oh, yeah. You know, like the, 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 I'm like I like that they're showing these characters how the, how they've grown, you know, from all the experiences they've had, and, and as opposed to sometimes in TV, they you know sometimes writers forget what what even the, their own characters have gone through, and they make them make decisions that don't make sense. Well, that's, that's, that's who they are. That's Rick in most seasons. That's what that is. Yes, <laughs> a lot of times. Yes. So. Before we get any further, it is that time, folks. It really is. Oh, no. Even with this extended episode. <laughs> Ooh, oh, man. Time for hashtag passages brought yes. to you by Taco Bell. It is time for Hold Fear on. the Walking Dead. I got to get to the edge of my seat here. Okay, Chubb, are you, are you in position, no, no, Chubb? Actually, I think yep. you can scoop back, Chubb. So, yeah. Really? Don't get, get so close. <laughs> so without further ado, Aaron, would you would you take us through this this week's segment of hashtag passage brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss? Yeah, Chubb, I mean, I'm, ex- I'm happy that you're excited to be on the edge of your seat to hear about this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead Presents Pass, hashtag passes, presented by Taco Bell Live Moss. But this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, hashtag passes, presented by Taco Bell Live Moss, is not quite, the, it's more, it's the most, it's pretty much the bottle episode when it comes to Fear the Walking Dead, oh. hashtag passage, presented by Taco Bell Live Moss. See, episodes. I don't know, because I still haven't watched them yet, so all I have are your synopsis to go by. Well, so this week, on Fear the Walking Dead, hashtag passage, presented by Taco Bell Live Moss. <laughs> It's only funny if you say it every time. Um, after after um after a panicky woman, I forget these names. So I, after panicky woman, like you know, hesitates on killing this walker that's all chained up. After knifey girl gave panicky woman the knife, um, that you know a shot killed the walker, and and the, we ended that one where she's like looking at like who took this shot, and he's like, oh, what happened? And this week we found out who. It's a man named Colton. Colton, who right. is yes, who has some relation. Sure. To panicky woman, I believe it's either like I think they talked about a brother, so maybe it's her brother, or maybe it's like her husband or, or her boyfriend or something. Well, isn't this the boyfriend. boyfriend that was the border patrol agent that she was talking about, saying he has? I the... think yeah, that's the, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to read I'm okay. trying to re I'm trying to get back to my what, what I what I wrote about and saw in the previous episode of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Talk about Liz Moss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, it is Colt and her boyfriend. Apparently, they hug and they're like talking out things, like "Oh, the uh, things got hairy, and we got to get out of there." Blah blah blah. Meanwhile, Sierra, the knife girl, she she's standing there. Yeah, uh, and, yeah Sierra, and she's she's standing there in the background. She grabs the knife and, and she wipes it off, and she's giving like real bad looks at this Colton character. She doesn't know what to think. Seems like he's, he's like you know threatened by his presence or whatnot, and. And Colton and Panicky Woman, they're standing there, they're still talking, and then it cuts away to be continued. So we don't we don't know what's going to happen, but it seems like tensions are running high on Fear the Walking Dead. Wow. Will they make the run to the border? We may never know. <laughs> Open Find out. In most locations. In one to eight, one to eight weeks. <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> Sometime in, in 2017, we'll find out. Yes. Right, my question is, do you guys you know anyone named Colton? Come help me pick my jaw up off the floor. Yes, yes, I'll, I'll be right there, uh, Chubb. Do you guys I, I, know I anyone named Colton or Sierra, by the way? Anybody? No. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like, mm-hmm. like daytime yeah. soap opera names, though, exactly. don't they? Like, it it yeah, it's like Young and the Restless type I of stuff right there. I went to high school with a Sierra. And didn't he have, like, crazy eye? Like, he would give her the leery eye, and then she would look back at him leery-eyed, and then... 
they had a little bit of that going. It seemed like there were some looks being exchanged. You saw that, right? Like, am yeah. I supposed to trust him? I just chalked that up to racism. <laughs> sure. That's usually a little dark, huh? Yeah. 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 That's just average looks. Wow. Wow, that was riveting. Thank you, Aaron. <laughs> sure. As always, that was just amazing. I, I'm speechless. I don't even know what to say. So I don't know what the show would be without your your reviews of this lovely web series that we have to uh, to, to, to talk about every week. So thank you. I would like to direct the voting the voting body of the Peabody Awards to Aaron's fine and stalwart work here. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely, yeah, sure. definitely. I mean, I, uh, I have a... worthy of the Peabody Award. I think. I have a notebook dedicated to all the notes I take for the shows I review, and I dedicate. I, I put that. Ah. I put in I put in a few a uh, few extra lines aside to make sure I could get all the, the notes I need to about uh, Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage. <laughs> you leave enough room on the page is what you're saying. Just to, okay, exactly. to have it. That's because Aaron truly likes to live moss. <laughs> <laughs> so the next morning, on the way out of town, Tara thanks Natanya and tries to do the little fist bump with her. But Natanya doesn't understand the fist bump and simply grabs her like her wrist and her fist to shake it. And I guess that should have been another telltale sign that Natanya's not cool. Something, something's up here. She doesn't even yeah, understand so, oh, the yeah. fist bump, you know? Uh, yeah. That's a nuance right there. She's not cool. It's a, it's a big new. At least in, in Tara's world, it is, right? Right. Doesn't know a fist bump? No. No, no. sir. Fish stew? Nope. So can be trusted. <laughs> Rachel is then making a puss face at Tara as she's walking out of town. So Tara simply turns around and gives Rachel the little girl the finger on the way out <laughs> as they go to the gate. Which was so great. Yeah, more, more episodes of the Walking Dead. More episodes of the Walking Dead should feature adults giving the finger to children. That's well, what I always <laughs> Tara last gave the finger to Rick. If we remember back to last season, that was the last time we saw that finger. So uh... hey, you know what? That little girl tried to kill her twice. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Twice. That is true. I'd give her the oh, that little girl. Too. That little girl's scarier than Negan in my eyes. That little. Yeah. I mean, she's she's you know just like Lizzie's. Like they they don't they don't they don't care if they're killing yeah. that age. Their their moral compass is all Negan over the coming. Place. You won't hear look them. Look at the coming. flowers, Rachel. Look at the flowers. Pretty she much. don't do all that talking. She just stabs. Like yeah. it's not a, it's not a question. It's not a comment. Exactly. Like you Daryl said, you know, there's no conversation. She just comes and gets you in the night. Yeah. <laughs> so in the forest. I'm sorry. I said, go to sleep sometime. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> In the forest, Kathy is leading Tara and followed by Beatrice with a rifle, supposedly towards the bridge to find, you know, Tara's friend. Tara takes a moment to again apologize for hitting Beatrice in the head. Kathy then says to stay close, and suddenly they hear a walker snarling nearby. Tara sees it's a walker stuck like in a tree or it's kind of in a, in a snare of some sort. And approaches it with her knife drawn, but then suddenly, being Kathy are a few yards away, instead of killing the walker, she just runs. Tara just bolts. And then when she runs, they fire the bullets towards her and end up hitting the walker. Again, she's totally missed, unscathed, no bullets hit her. All right. She knew she was safe. They can't shoot. <laughs> being Kathy um, are, are chasing Tara. Tara falls into a small ditch and hides. And again, ambushes Beatrice. But this time, after the scuffle, Beatrice ends up with the rifle pointed at Tara's head. Beatrice says that Tara and her people are basically dead. And that they started something with the Saviors that they are going to lose. Tara asks if the Saviors did this to them, killed all their men. Beatrice says, yes, any boy 10 or over, including all the men, were lined up and shot by the Saviors because they tried to fight back. Beatrice is then about to shoot 
when suddenly Cindy, again, comes flying in out of nowhere, takes down Beatrice, and allows Tara to run away. What's uh, what's funny about some of that is that it's a very convenient way for Tara to be exactly in the right information <laughs> space as every other character on the show because of that exposition right there. It's like, oh, there's yeah. more saviors. That was just an outpost. <laughs> there's other outposts. By the way, here's all this other stuff. The, there's Negan. They're terrible. They kill our men. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, by the time she gets back to Alexandria, it's like, hey, guys, did you know about this Negan guy? Oh, you did? Okay, good. We're all on the same page here. <laughs> where, where's Glenn? Where's Abraham? Oh, where's oh okay. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Okay. Where's, where's Denise? Denise? Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> it was almost sad. I got this bobblehead for Denise. Yeah. Where is she? I know. That was sad. And what if they had something where they were like, and they killed this Asian guy, and they, they, yeah, exactly. they <laughs> had his name <laughs> Something I, they, I can't remember. They, they heard and it through their information. Guy ben kept drinking or orange ben soda. Or ben yeah, or ben, I can't remember. Yeah. So he took no. a hostage recently. motorcycle around. <laughs> crazy. So Tara runs. Cindy eventually catches up to Tara, and they're both really out of breath at this point, and they just kind of catch their breath. But Cindy wants Tara to swear that she won't divulge the whereabouts of the Oceanside community. And Cindy says that there aren't any evil people, just people who forget who they are inside. Again, they're trying to paint this this kind of argument that Heath was was the moral argument that he was having with himself earlier. Mm-hmm. Tara again disagrees, says, "Well, you know what? I really have seen some evil people." And I guess she was hinting at the governor and the termites and God knows who else, the wolves and right. who knows who else knows that they've she's seen. Again, Cindy is willing to let Tara go as long as she swears. Again, she says, you have to swear. You're not going to tell anybody about this community. Thank you. Swear to me. (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Tara swears. Then the two of them make it to the bridge together. Tara is given a spear and a backpack with provisions. Cindy is all set to cover Tara, you know, to make sure she gets to the other end of the bridge. Like she's not just going to leave Tara there. Did, she's. Did they consult the Wiley Coyote for this plan? I mean, <laughs> this is the most boneheaded way to get her across this bridge. I mean, it just there had to been an easier way. There was a that, lot of walkers. River's apparently yeah. very threatening. You can't just cross the river. Well, there was current, she said, right? Because she fell in and the current swept her somewhere else. I mean, I guess that Go was... Go up the coast a little bit and, you know... Oh, it's swim down. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, they, they do the little fist bump before they enact their plan and then Tara takes off. Nice little zombie kill with the spear we see that Tara has there kind of from behind the back of the head and comes out the front. That was a cool little kill. Uh, yep. th- then the sand zombies start to come fast and furious. They even like knock down a tarp that was in the way, and they, think, they start coming on cue, like towards Tara as as they're walking. Yeah, they said move. Right, basically, it was so. F- I've never seen them take a tarp down like that before. Like it was like right, they're behind the tarp and then go poosh, down, and they all they all come out. The One two- said surprise. It was great. <laughs> hey, no attention to the undead man behind the curtain. <laughs> So the two girls then hop on top of cars that are parked kind of parallel along the bridge to make it across. Tara then runs into the mini horde of sandwalkers, but she's backed up by Cindy's shooting. So Cindy's kind of picking off the walkers that are getting a little too close to Tara as she's trying to make her way through. They played the uh, Charlie's Angels theme in the background while this was happening. (laughs) (laughs) She forgot to tell Tara that she only had a magazine with like six bullets in it. They made Tara run a lot. I was I felt tired watching her. And she just gave birth too. Like you could tell she she requested it. Exactly, she requested it. You know, get back in shape. It's it's one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So we flash back again, finally. We see how Tara fought the zombies, and Heath did try to save her, okay? But 
was overrun essentially and how she was pushed off the bridge right and that was like the it was again it was a quick flashback and then we flash back to now tara thinks she sees zombie heath on the bridge but it happens to be a girl zombie. Oh, another fake out. Racism. So another well, with, with the dreadlocks, right? Okay, so All okay. Black people look alike. <laughs> I wrote I wrote that in my notes. I wrote black double. What they look alike? Uh-huh. You've been hanging with this dude for two weeks. Hey. Couldn't tell from the back, and you can't tell him right there. Even in your I face. could you tell. Still can't tell what he looked like. It's I've been hanging out with him for two weeks. I knew yeah. it wasn't him. Oh, I yeah. like that. I like that the show. Well, the first thing I noticed is like, well, no, that that zombie doesn't have a headband on, and, and he had a headband on, so true, there. True. Let alone not wearing the same clothes. But also, I like that there was the, the in all in all places the, the one possible walker that had dreadlocks hanging out the back, right? <laughs> or braids. Yeah. It's like there's a, there's a, there's a group of undead men that were slaughtered. There's yeah. the one woman still um, in her bright dress that wasn't yeah. Sandy, right? She wasn't sandied out. Like the rest of them were all Sandy. Right. She wasn't. Yeah, yeah. it's like where did where did this walker come from? <laughs> you know, I thought we can get past this. I expect this in the fear of the Walking Dead, but I don't expect this. And and, and she pulled a buster. I don't know if you yeah. guys noticed that she looked at at Tara. Like usually they don't look at you, right? They kind of just snarl and yeah. sloth their way towards you. But she did the little, oh, because, did the little Buster Walker, look. You know, that's it. No, that Walker was the voice of the audience thinking, "Yeah, when you look at me, like I'm the same person as your friend." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what it did. Just them following up on Morgan's wife from the first episode. Yeah. Right. Said, Come on, man. Can't we all just be one? Why we gotta be like this? Even when they're dead, it's still there's still divisions, huh? Come on, we can't we can't live like this. Right? Probably follow me in a store and <laughs> you from stealing anything. Well, in fact, I know where your friend went. I'm not going to tell you now, though. So there. <laughs> it, it is true, though, what they say there, Daryl. I mean, when we were there in Charlotte, I kept, you know, Instagramming pictures of all of us together. And a lot of people are asking me, how are, how, you're, how are you out with President Obama? And I'm like, no, that's another black guy. Shut up. Oh, man. She sees through, uh, Tara does, the green containers that Cindy is being taken back to Oceanside by Kathy and B. They're kind of just grabbing her by the arm and dragging her back to back to home. Erica then Badu in a well-received cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Erica Badu, yeah. Then Tara sees Heath's glasses on the ground, smashed. And then some tire tracks left in the mud on the side of the road. So there's some hope. Tara is hopeful that it was Heath that... Yes, he lost his glasses, but he got away in, in the car and, and drove away. He did not get away, and I know where he is. He's now it's Jack great. Bauer. Is that what he's doing? He's doing uh... No. <laughs> no, he's um. Compton. He went back to Compton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that, that, key card, that key card is to wherever Negan's main holdup is. Oh. That's to the main facility. Because what does the PPP stand for? PP City. Oh, oh gosh. that's was interesting. It key, was it just a key card to the outpost? That's why you have it in the first place. I don't know now. I don't remember where that key card came into place. That PPP thing. I have no idea well, what well, that was all Tara, about. I mean, well, Tara looked at it with you know an optimistic glean in her eyes. I think she just thought, oh, he dropped this this thing that we found when we were at the outpost. That okay, so it was it was, a, it was a trail of Heath is what is what they were picking well, up. Because she looked at it like she looked at it like she recognized it. So. Right. Yeah. Well, I didn't see her face of recognition. I'll well, look at it again. No, it looked well, like I mean, she, why, she saw why, the glasses, why, I right? She picked up the if key card. Yeah. If she saw that key card and didn't know what it was, I don't know why she'd look at it and think Heath is dead. Yeah. Oh, I didn't think that she thought that. 
I just I'm just saying is I think that that's a key card to Negan's main place. But I think the I think the the look she has where she kind of smiles at it, she's like, oh okay, he dropped this thing. <laughs> that we got at the satellite or whatever. I have to go back and sense. watch that satellite episode. Again, it happened so long ago. I mean, it's like, I forget some of the details yeah, that happened. I don't remember I mean, the key card. Right. But in, in, I, don't remember the, I don't remember the key card offhand either, but, I, but looking at just Tara picking up this random thing, because why would she pick that up for any reason at all? I mean, that's just, if it's not something she recognized, it's just trash on the ground. And, mm. and this is the problem with these time jumps. They're getting to a point now where, where time is getting way ahead of their time. Like, it's like, this is something happened months ago our time and it only happened a week ago their time it's like this is 10 episodes apart these these nuances these details are just escaping us i guess we're not well, that's, we're not good that's podcasters right we're not we're not good the, yeah that's well that's what i'm talking about with momentum of this episode or this in within the placement of this season where it's like we're watching an episode that technically takes place last season that's how slow we're going right pretty now. much yeah right like, yeah <laughs> Well, how long was she there, too, is, is what I'm trying to glean. And like I said, it was a long way back to Alexandria. So, I mean, how long? But it wasn't more than a gone? day, though. It wasn't, it wasn't more than a day. It could have been 200 miles, though. Well, like, he, you know, Heath said, like, it's been, they were gone for two weeks. So, it's, you know, it was the two weeks since they had left at that point. So, you add yeah, on, you know, another, another they week. They had a vehicle, that. though. They had a vehicle. They left with never, one. Right. Yeah. yeah, they left with one. Yeah, so she had to come all the way back. So, yeah, it, t- it took enough time for her to get back. At the round around the same time that Negan's already made Rick start doing stuff, so right. So cue the musical montage. Tara <laughs> starts on her journey home. She finds a curio shop of some sort and takes shelter in there for the evening. She eats her dried fish, doesn't like it. Finds like a doctor bobblehead, I suppose, as a gift for for the late Denise, which doesn't know is dead yet. She also somehow gets some pink sunglasses, and we see her on the road, just walking her way back to Alexandria, feeling optimistic about things. Like she's there's, got a little smile on her face, and until she sees Eugene, this, this all looks like this all all of that before that that whole montage felt like I was watching the end of like a Friday Night's Lights episode, like with the, <laughs> the music and like just you know white people doing random stuff in the in the in the, in the, in the country. It's but like, that kind right, of fits this, Tara though, right? That kind of fits her. Well, it thing, does. Right? It's yeah, it's like the whole tone of it was. The whole time it was so optimistic or like something bad's going to happen. <laughs> so Eugene meets her at the gate and you see him actually crying. I mean, he's just like he's his oh, face. Yeah. His I don't face, think he stopped crying. No, it's, it's just his face tells her the whole story pretty much. You don't even hear anyone tell her the story until uh, she's on the floor in the infirmary, which I guess was her with Denise's old uh, old pad there. And Rosita's there. And Rosita asks, look, is there any leads on any guns, ammo. We can get past this, but we just need some guns and ammo. She's still trying to get that going to make things right again, she said. But Tara keeps her swear and tells Rosita, nope, didn't see anything like that. Whereas we know that there is a a huge arsenal at the at the Oceanside community. It's a pretty decent one anyway. But oh, yeah. th- that's the end of the episode, folks. All a, I mean, as far extended. as Tara's concerned, that's a good like character beat. Like She doesn't betray the you right. know, the, the trust of the group that she you know exited from, even though they tried to kill her, <laughs> like she she does like stick to her guns on that one. And I kind of understand why because let's nice let's point. imagine I'm sorry let's imagine she did because if she told Rick and the gang where the guns are, Rick and the gang will come through there like they'll basically take everything from them, right? They they wouldn't even think twice about it. They would take everything from the Oceanside community at this point. I don't know if they do that all that. I don't know, they, dude. Yeah, you sure? Like they certainly no. I'm sure that no, I'm, I'm sure that Rick wouldn't just be like, "Get yeah, the RV guys, we're going to get some guns." Like, I mean, it, I I think it'd be more like 
Rick would use that as like a strategy point of how they could approach things when they start planning against Negan inevitably. Right. But like, which I, I think is coming up again. I, I, well, I it has to. Yeah. That, yeah, this right. has to. But like, I, I, I wouldn't think that Rick would right away be like, "We got to go get those guns, Coral." Like, I don't think that's the, the, the like, the, the, the drive he'd immediately have. Mm-hmm. It would just be, it would just mean Rick would have another opportunity to put a random group he meets into da- direct danger, which he tends to do in these I, situations. I guess because it, it kept the like kept... Go ahead, go ahead. Well, it seems like this is a whole thing of uh, you find another uh, town, another place more allies down the line like when this war really starts to happen it just seems like you look at this episode on its own and you're like well what is the purpose of this episode at all to do this and it's kind of a connection her and connected to the you know to that group you know there's something going to happen down there i mean they did get all their men murdered so they do have a reason to want vengeance but they're scared just like everybody else is. They're all scared. They need a focal point. Right. No one has shown that they can beat Negan at all. So until somehow. like somehow. <laughs> like until they show that you know, you have to show these other uh, you know, communities that you can beat Negan at this. It's the only way that's gonna get them all together. I mean it's it's pretty it's you know, it's pretty much leading to that. I mean, you know, it's kinda oh, obvious that's where they're going with it. But that's and that's the I was just gonna say, I'm, I'm kind of surprised the saviors left Oceanside with all those guns. No, they didn't. No, they, they yeah. Oceanside they left from where they were. So with they, nothing. They don't, no, right. no one, no, okay. no, no sorry, one knows where they yeah. And right. she even sorry. said they had nothing but the clothes on their backs or something. Yeah. They had nothing, so they acquired. Those they murdered guns the somehow. dudes, and I, I think he thought that was it. When they, once they murdered all the all those guys, I think they because well, you you could probably assume that Negan's a pretty hardcore misogynist, so he doesn't assume that right. women could like find their own way and find guns and fend for themselves. Exactly, like, that's, that's how he, Carol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and he wiped out a lot of people, so he probably thought, okay, that's the group. You know, they, there's nothing. We took whatever they had, and, and that's it. That's a good point. Carol doesn't even know what happened yet. Like, no. wait till she hears like what what happened. I mean. Wow! Yeah, it's gonna be pretty. It's she's, gonna be... <laughs> she's gonna flip and get out of this funk she's in. Yeah, we don't know that though. Well, they've kind of flipped with her personality. I don't. I don't know how yeah, to take it right away. But somebody bashed in the brains of her, Glenn. That's. I mean, well, be more than that. They're torturing her, Daryl. Right, her Daryl. Yeah, exactly. She care about more yeah, than, yeah. Yeah. More than, than Glenn. She she'd get over Glenn after a while. We need to see a return of the Rambo Carol we saw during the Terminus. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, that, that's when the Walking Dead had ratings. Cos- they had ratings back then. That's when action. Well, actually now happened. you have that connection now that her. And again, it's funny. Instead of using Rick as the one to make all these connections to these other communities, they're using everyone else. So now you have Carol with having probably having a romantic relationship with with, uh, with the king the with the king. And so <laughs> he would be more apt to help her and her group to fight. You know, it would be an emotional thing to this. Like he wouldn't yeah. want her to die. He would want to help her and the group to to take out uh, Negan as well. So there's kind of these little connections coming here and there. I wonder how many other uh, communities they're going to throw in. To uh, you know, in this in this world right now, before they really get into the fight with Negan. Well, that's yeah. the thing I'm curious about, and it, it speaks back to what you were talking about earlier, Daryl, and to what uh, Chubb, to what you were saying earlier too about just the, you know, having a group like this exploring the idea of what Negan's reign has done to various communities, but also um, you know, Tara having this connection to another group. 
obviously, yes, it there needs to be some kind of payoff for all these things that we're learning. And I I very much hope that we'd eventually come back to this Oceanside group at some point, because otherwise there was literally no point to this episode beyond strengthening Tara, the least important character on the show, it seems. But uh, I mean, if there, you know, there has to be some kind of inevitable showdown where these communities rise up against the mighty Negan. And so, yeah, having these different establishments as meandering as it may feel to me i i wanted to have some kind of payoff so i can at least feel like the journey was worth it to go through all this to get to a certain point it's written almost like a sci-fi show where you know like you have the core group get separated and then they run into all these different aliens and stuff and swear swear was very much like a star trek episode of the walking dead as far as (laughs) i'm concerned (laughs) (laughs) and then they're all ready to come together Captain Slug, I'm lost off the larder, and I found the ocean side. They're making me eat fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they violated the prime directive, though. Well, she didn't. That's she the most get- Star Trek talk you'll ever get out of me, guys. Okay, I'm done with that. <laughs> so, before we get to our Buster ratings, a quick word from our sponsor, uh, Daryl. Would you mind taking it this week? Well, if you are a fan of comics and and or you want to, I am. You are, and you want to dip into. If you're not a fan, and you but you want to dip into comics and take a chance on it, or you want to get some comics for, for a, a significant other or relative or friend who is in the comics, uh, go to uh, DCB a service and go to the website, and you can find so many different comics to pick out. There's bundles. So the Marvel has bundles. DC has bundles. You image. Uh, you could, if you want to Star Wars comics, you want to get some of those for people who are Star Wars fans, or you want to catch up on uh, The Walking Dead, like we we're talking about with the show, and you want to catch up on the comics, you can do that there. Uh, just go to the site, uh, order what you want to order. They will ship it to you. You can get them a subscription for the month if you want to, and have it shipped to that person uh, weekly, monthly, bi monthly it's all up to you if, if you have any questions just email them and they will let you know and they have a sister site in stock trades where you can get a whole bunch of trades for head on heavy discounts especially now where uh, the holidays are coming up i know that they'll have more uh discounts coming uh so definitely check that site out it, it's it's a great site i use it most of us use it um never i've never had an issue with them so uh definitely get on that Especially now during the holiday shopping season. I mean, oh, yeah. your, your, uh, your Hanukkahs and your, your Christmases and your Kwanzaa's mm-hmm. and your Festivuses and That's right. all that. I mean, if you have a geek <laughs> on your shopping list, and I imagine you do because you live in the Western world, uh, this is definitely the place to get it. Best best service, best prices. Even statues, too. Get on that. Action figures, uh, yeah. hoodies, shirts. T-shirts, you name yeah. it. Excellent. Well, thank you. And they do make it possible for us to bring you the Walking Dead TV podcast every single week. So let's get to our Buster ratings. Aaron, we'll start with you. I wouldn't. I'm going to go three Busters uh, this week. I mainly because if last week was a three and a half based off how amazing I thought Xander Berkeley uh, was as as a. Um, What's his face? Uh, the leader of that group, Gregory. Gregory. Yes. Gregory. Thank you, Gregory. Um, this, you know, this one, the community here is a lot. You know, as as you pointed out, I wrote. Uh, you know, it's a much more dour community, so it doesn't have that kind of spark of life that I was enjoying in the same way. And so, as much as I can appreciate an attempt to, you know, define Tara of all people a little bit more this week and give us 
you know, a side story to go on. It just it felt like there's so much like dragging momentum down out of the season as a whole. In addition to the episode, it's very long. Like, it, I mean, it, I, I can appreciate some clever writing here or there, but like, I don't know why this is the one that needed to be like another 10 minutes longer. So it just like it felt like I'm being like thrown out of the immediate story that I have issues with, but still want to see how it plays out. So hopefully I have less issues with the season as a whole. So again, the side story, which is, you know, it's fine, but it's nothing all that special. Uh, so, you know, as a as a whole, as far as Walking Dead episodes are concerned, you know, three three out of five busters sounds right to me. Okay, Daryl. I would also have to go with the. I'll go with three point five out of five busters. I I did enjoy the episode. I was surprised that it didn't feel like, you know, one of those drag you down, boring episodes where you're waiting for the next week to for the you know to see what's really going to happen. I it took a character that I really didn't think anything about really ever since you know since the uh, the governor stuff and it really allowed her to shine in a way that I didn't expect um, and it had some levity to this world which you don't get much of especially with Abraham being gone hmm. uh, those those that that kind of levity is is, is kind of going to be missing and she brought it I mean and I enjoyed you know like I enjoyed her interaction with other people and i do you know you see the little connections that are being made and i i think um you know showing these other communities you know whether they'll come back or not i don't know but uh it was interesting to watch them uh and watch her reaction to it and kind of bring her experience with it so uh i I enjoyed it okay richard yeah um i thought well First of all, the writing on this episode I thought was was very well done. Um, it it was a good episode. It wasn't great, but it was much more than I expected because, like I said before, an Altera episode I'm probably going to you know be bored through it. And I was never really bored. I think that they could have played this out like in little jump scenes and other episodes and not dedicated a full episode to it. But I'm okay that they did, because Tara is a character I like. She's a little bit underused, even back before her leave and everything else. Um, It's interesting to see the evolution of her character from the time of the governor to now. Uh, I I enjoy, you know, the little bit of a journey that we were given this week, and um, overall, I, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with Aaron when you compare it to last week and everything else, you know, it's pretty much a three right down the middle. So I, I'll give it three busters. Um, the, the question that is on my mind that it leaves with me though, is will Tara be dead in the next couple of episodes? Because it seems like when they focus on ancillary characters of the group so hard in an episode, they're either dead in that episode or one soon following. Hmm. Yeah, I hope not. Jim, how about you? I give this one three and a quarter. Like everyone said, it was a middle of an episode. I like Alana Masterson in this role a lot, and I like her as an actress, so I think that really carried the, the episode for me. Uh, I liked the way it was shot. The pacing was good. Uh, there were a few places where it was a little slow, but I thought, you know, as a way to like kind of cut the tension from the main storyline, it, right. it was fairly effective by doing a little side story action. So, uh, like I said, three and a quarter. 
Yeah, I think I'll give it a three as well. And um, again, nothing wrong with it. Uh, nothing stuck out that bothered me. I'll say it again. I've said it before. Nice, neat little package. We've got a self-contained story. We're not going to really have that many loose threads when it comes to the Oceanside community from here on out, except of their existence, which may come to be an advantage for their art group. Um, the problem I'm seeing, though, with this with the season in general, I guess, is that the group is really, I mean, we're fractured. It's like, who is the group anymore? Who's part of the core group? Who's not? you got two people over here, three over here. I mean, we're just so spread apart for such a long period of time. I just hope the show finally consolidates and wraps up all these little stories and all these little towns and gets Rick's group back together, organized, and ready for action. And um, it just seems to be it's the season is moving slower than I thought. I think it's done deliberately, though. I th- I'm thinking oh, yeah. they want Negan to be around as long as possible. They don't want to mm. wrap Negan up after six episodes or eight episodes. They want him to be a threat and a character that lives with the show for quite a while, so I think that, and, and and in his current form, not in a form we maybe in a different type of form. So they they want him in in command of his people and and this threat to continue. So they're taking their time. Um, I, again, I again nothing to talk about around the water cooler. That's kind of my other little baseline I use for these episodes. Like you know, hey, if it was a good episode to me in the fours or fives, I'd say, oh my god, you see when so and so blow up this guy and killed that zombie and nothing really stuck out. It was a cool episode. I like Tara. I like where she's gone. It's okay. It's cool. It's nice. Time to get the story moving. And I think that's that's where I, I'm sitting. But 3.0. But who cares what we think? We have an amazing Facebook group uh, of people that leave their Buster reviews along with ours. 812 members strong right now. Uh, Jim, would you do the honors as you always do? And please read what our Facebook group had to say about the episode Swear. Absolutely. First of all, you know, as you said, the, the Walking Dead TV podcast is the name of the group. Please join us. Uh, not only do you get to sound off on what you think about each episode, but we also have a lot of, <clears throat> excuse me, links to news and and uh, funny memes, and of course links to Aaron's reviews of each episode on the on the youngfolks dot com uh, directly from the Facebook group. So um, you can link right to that his more in depth review there. But let's hear what you guys thought. Brent Jones first out of the gate again this week. Uh, 2.5, forgot about Dre's out of 5. I like, <laughs> I like Tara. She's fun, but an entire episode? Um, we understand the world. Our, our group is in. Let's get the sto- story moving forward now. Uh, DeRay Irvin, she gave it a 5 hot pink sunglasses out of 5. Yeah, I baby. loved everything about this uh, Tara-centered episode, except the Heath Doppelganger Walker was ridiculous. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree with you, ma'am. Um <laughs> I would have been fine with Heath making his exit. I do not want or need a Heath-centered episode. I, I'm with you there. Um, Tarek Awar gave this episode four failed knuckle pounds out of five. Glad to see Tara back. I missed her quirkiness. And where's Heath? Why, he drove off to help CTU, of course. As for the leader of Oceanside, and it has a diagram here showing how you give respect knuckles. Um, just in case, you know, for future reference. Uh, Michelle Yvette Peoples, 2.75. What's a larder out of five? What the hell with Heath? Dumpstergate again? To let uh-huh. us know what happened to him is tiring. How many times are they going to go to the well with this move? Ugh. I like Tara, but this episode really felt like filler and really did drag for me. I like the callback to Glenn about hidden things. I got a kick out of fl- Tara flipping the bird of the kid. She did try to kill her after all. <laughs> Hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving. Well, we I did. Um, 
Mike Jones, two fish and chips out of five. I'm only giving it a two because of Heath. Otherwise, a .5 would be it. Ooh. This was this wow. was lost season two with a touch of Mark Wahlberg, Planet of the Apes, and a side of Long John Silver's <laughs> fish. Oh, wow. Wow. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> Jeez, I'm going to have to take some water pills. That's a lot of salt here. Um, Heath is criminally miss- missing from this show. Tara can't carry a pan- can of pop, let alone a whole episode. Dang. What? What was Heath yeah. adding to this episode? That's my curiosity. Like, <laughs> um, he's making them beats, man. I told you. Oh, man. I, think he's, I think he was in Salt Lake City. It was very salty. Uh, <laughs> Pamela Burton, two put no, three point five out of five. I like this episode of Parts Dragged. It seems to, it seemed to take a while to get started. I'm hopeful this isn't the last we see of this group. Maybe they'll be part of a war against Negan. Uh, Sergio Mendoza, three. Where is all the? Kitty litter. Oh wait, there it is. Out of five, <laughs> um, almost half a season in, and the show is still planting seeds. But while they are interesting, it's deviating from the main characters and getting a lot of fans disenchanted. Uh, Terry and Heath's explanation on where they've been all this time was good, and the new place seemed like something out of a Lucio Fulci zombie movie. Well, there you go. Like that is. Uh, bonus points to Sergio for picking that out too. Uh, Johnny Store three have out of haven't lost the baby weight yet out of five. Ouch! Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because we haven't seen Tara in a while, but they tried too many puns with her tonight. When she was eating at the table, I thought sure she was at a Savior's outpost. Also, why the hell did they do a Tara Heath episode right after Jesus and Carl were hiding in the van? Where I was excited to see where it was going to go, and then we get this crap. Gimple, I'm I'm starting to worry for you. I'm going to go grab some Taco Bell. And uh, watch Fear of the Walking Dead clip on repeat. It's so exciting. <laughs> oh, and Jim uh-huh. said my name right last week. Oh, thanks, John. <laughs> I was making a Gregory reference, but Chubb has gotten it wrong before. LOL. Shame on you, Chubb. I am rough. terrible with names. I will admit that. By the way, Dre Irvin is a female. I don't know who keeps getting that wrong. but she. That was me. Writing. That was me. And I, I, I humbled myself to her. So, Dre, we, we, we know. We got you. We, we, valuable fan you, you've alienated right I, I know i i apologize <laughs> deeply shame on me um robert cooper one out of i know where rick and the gang gets their guns back out of five <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smokes, this episode was an extended one uh tara's an okay supporting character but this was definitely a saving money episode and super slow uh glad i watched westworld first do better gimple that's right wow. yeah okay rob uh, Michael Santana, 2.5. Is this the beginning of the ends out of five? I'm glad the previously on helped remind us just who these people were, <laughs> that they used right. each other's names in conversation with one another. I uh, totally agree. Uh, Paul McInerney, uh, two larders out of five. Here's what makes me mad about The Walking Dead. They have no hesitation to whack a couple of main characters for shock value, but when it makes sense to kill someone, they let them off the hook time and again. Tara should be dead by now. Uh, Carl Hooker, 2.5 salted perch out of 5. Looks like Jim has another recipe for the Walking Dead cookbook. Come on, Jim. You know you'd have at least 700 people that would buy it. <laughs> I don't Tell, know. Yeah, yeah I'm telling you, man. Keep, 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 keep uh, daring me. I just might. Uh, yeah. Uh, this was a filler episode, but as I haven't read this far in the comics, I'm getting the sense they're trying to make us aware of the size of the new world and all the communities Negan affects. Tara now knows about Oceanside because Beatrice conveniently told her all about it before she attempted to kill her. So will it be Team Hoka, Hillside, Oceanside, Kingdom, Alexandria versus Saviors? <laughs> uh, hoping they get there soon. Also needs some setup action before the midseason finale to keep us coming back. Here, here. Uh, Harold Turk, one out of five. I would rather have watched this instead. 
filler with no real purpose, and he put in a clip from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> characters last day. That's a great clip. That's a good movie, too. also said, or this, uh, and put in a clip of John Candy in Summer Rental. (laughs) Um, Good movie. Tom Bono, three out of five matriarchs. Feels kind of unrelated to the show, but I really enjoy Tara. Um, These ladies need to take a chill pill or get some batteries. LOL. (laughs) Oh! Oh! (laughs) I did not go there. Uh, Tom did, okay? (laughs) Can I like like that twice? Hang on, let me see. Just read what is written. Okay. Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, three for the horrid moment. I thought Fear the Walking Dead had returned early (laughs) out of five. With the beach scene, I thought we were back in Mexico. Oh. Didn't hate this episode, but didn't love it either. I used to look forward to The Walking Dead all day, every Monday. But this series hasn't quite had that effect. Uh, I had high hopes, but it's gone gradually downhill with each episode. Uh. Uh, Rob Cook, 3.5 larder boats out of 5. Great self-contained episode. Interesting to see another new community. And like seeing like comedy touches to Tara's personality in the middle of the apocalypse. Uh, Chris Pierce, two out of five. Episode felt unexpectedly out of place and out of pace for the season. For a split second, I thought it was Chris from Fear of the Walking Dead again. And wow. finally, uh, finally, Andrew Park, three Indiana Jones sandbag zombie booby traps out of five. I quite like this episode. This is from Andrew Park, if I didn't mention that. Uh, it was good to get a break from One Note Negan and his shit-eating grin and meet some new characters. The all-woman village seems to be populated with various versions of end-of-season five Carol. Complete with ponchos. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they made. I see they made use of use of Chekhov's gun supply shed, which I'm sure we'll be seeing utilized later by Rick and his crew. <laughs> I also had the thought as I watched Terry interact with the ocean community that here comes another Rickovian to mess up your world and get the majority of you killed. Perhaps that was that's what Heath was on about at the start of the episode. Hmm. And if you would like to sound off on the episodes of The Walking Dead, let us know what you think. By all means. Please join the Walking Dead Facebook group on the Facebooks. Excellent. Well, Jim, you know, thank if Jim, you. If, yeah. if Jim does make that Walking Dead cookbook, that could be the hit we need, guys, to get ourselves on Talking exactly. Dead at some point. <laughs> we could. They had that super fan on last year, right? Or this year for the whatever the season opener. Yeah. Well, so G- far, yeah. yeah. So far, we've got Terminus Barbecue, Carol's Casserole and Cookies, uh, Salted Perch. We have plenty. Uh, I just, I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw it out to the group. And Marshall spaghetti on a spaghetti on Wednesday a on a Tuesday, right? Okay, right. right. We got that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going to throw it out to the listeners to help me remember all the different uh, dishes that uh, Daryl Snake, right? He ate his snake and his possum yeah. and his owl, oh. right? Got a little oh, chapter on Daryl. Oh, this this sounds like a great Bob Kickstarter in the works right here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody writing this down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any final thoughts on this week's episode, guys? Um, nope. Do we, want to, do, we, do, we want, do we want to talk about the ratings real quick? I, How are they? I'm curious. I mean, they're going down. And I posted something, not in our group, but I will in a minute, in the other group, the Stuff and Thangs one just a few, like, a few hours ago, just to see what the response would be. And... Um, I mean, this this article this guy from Forbes wrote actually was pretty dead on in a lot of cases. Like, and he said something I was saying too. Like, the group is too fractured. It's like Rick isn't winning anymore. You know, people want to see what they want to see. It's like stop breaking everything up and splitting it up. And they're just too beaten down. Our group is too. They're just too much in the dumps right now. And there's a lot of other things he mentioned too. But I mean, it's uh, the ratings are definitely going down. I'll, I'll post a link to it on the on the group. 
I that part of that article speculates that there's you know TV zombie fatigue going on, which mm. I do. Th- I mean, I I pointed that out a lot as we were gearing up for Fear of the Walking Dead and throughout Fear of the Walking Dead, where it's you have. I think it says like 30 weeks of AMC zombie shows now uh, because of the splitting the seasons and having two zombie shows that start right after one another. That's a lot. And I think that's part, I think that's a big part of it where people are like, do I, okay, I just watched one half season of this nihilistic zombie show. Here comes (laughs) the other version of that nihilistic zombie show. Well, it doesn't help that one of those zombie shows is not that good. Yeah, that doesn't help. I, yeah, so like you, the lead into this show is a inferior show <laughs> that presents right. basically the same concept, just done poorly. So you're like, oh, all now right. I can get excited for that other one. Like, all right. <laughs> I think it's like anything else. I mean, especially with like genre stuff, like it goes, it comes in cycles. You know, like vampires will be hot one year because someone will rework vampires, or you know, zombies will be hot, or you know, they come and it comes and goes in waves. So it'll well, be we, interesting to see once the kingdom. You know, kind of kicks in a little more, and the the story kind of kicks out. You know, gets into high a little bit more if the ratings return. But we've been getting a lot of that now, and I mean, when you, I mean, uh, not to bring politics into it, but when you have kind of a diversive uh, uh, presidency, you kind of get a lot of the nihilistic stories coming, and I think people kind of get tired of it. And then you, it's funny because then it moves from. The zombie stuff to a lot of sci-fi, whether you're going to another world, yep. and then and you're getting a lot of those stories now too. And I think that kind of maybe you know people are just gonna fast forward this season and get to the end. They just want the war. Get you know right. watch the beginning to see who who survive, who gets killed, and then skip it a couple of episodes to get to when they really get into it, just as, so they can say they know what happened. But not watching all these, you know, these side kind of stories. I, I think that might be what's happening for, with this season. I pulled the article up. He has like five reasons why. One of them, he says, fans did not like how the Negan premiere played out. I, I mean, we all discussed that at length. We all agreed on that. The other reason he has is fans are tired of AMC and the showrunners jerking them around. I've brought that up several times. Again, the, starting yeah. with the Glenn Dumpster thing. Leading up to the season finale, and then eventually with Glenn actually getting it on the season premiere, it just they're tired of being played with. And then three, he writes, fans just don't like Negan. I guess that's mixed, right? I mean, I don't know. We don't know all fans, but I mean, he's he's writing his opinion here. (laughs) (laughs) I know I don't like Negan. I I put that out there pretty pretty much every time. And his fourth reason is fans don't like seeing Rick's group subjugated, which I again I'm agreeing with that. They're just they're too beaten down. They're just too disparate. We want to see the, the heroes actually win once in a while. It's like they're just getting killed. Well, see that that <laughs> part, and with all due respect, Craig, that just sounds like whining. It's like I want the candy now. Like right. okay, yeah, they're, they're like it's just yeah that this has right. to happen at some point. I, I get, well, I get, I get why it's happening, but mm-hmm. I can see yes, I can see why you know, and a viewership can decrease because right. of how just annoying frustrating it is to see you know non-stop sad you know sadness going on before an eventual uprising but i i hear that complaint too from from a lot of people and people that just don't like the show in general and my question for that is going in this is what we're getting like you're not going to get hope in this 
like this is Walking Dead. I mean, yeah, even the, the name the, the alone, zombie apocalypse is it. Like you know? to, to tell you, you're not gonna. This is not gonna be a hopeful thing for you. Like if you're coming into it thinking you're gonna get that, I mean, you might as well just pick another show. I mean, this the, is just... the, ser- the series finale. Isn't Rick and Carl running through the park like happy day because the no. zombie stopped being around? <laughs> like that's not what's happening. So here. it feels like you're pu- like people are punishing the show for being what it kind what of it is. Is yeah. you know, it is a horror. Sh- it's it's a horror show. It's about the worst in humanity, and 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 you know, and all that surrounding this world. Like there, there is no hope. There's no antidote. If people are running around to to stop the virus, this is not a movie. Well, I, I think you, the issue is that, like that. The I'm just gonna say so. I forgot what I was <laughs> how I phrased this in my mind. But it, I mean, it's like the the. We, we've had six seasons of seeing this thing. This is, you know, this is the, the latest version that's, you know, it's somewhat more, I don't know if it's more violent, but it's, you know, it's a lot, it's more of this horrible thing that's happening. And this time we're seeing it just, you know, more frequently in addition to like losing characters that you really like, which is part of the show's DNA. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of not been handled the best I, I would, I would, right. I would put out there. And you, and you have this, you know, this, this very cartoony character that eventually has to go down, but in the meantime, you just have to watch him cartoony his way through the series <laughs> while, we, while we have to deal with, you know, Rick and the gang just being, like, put down every step of the way. And, and In addition to that, I think that the, the inherent flaw, I think, that comes with that is that, you you know, last season you had Rick taking care of saviors like nobody's business to make, so, so you just seem like they're dumb villains, and then suddenly they're, you know, the best villains ever. They're, they're always on their game now, and it's like, well, okay, that's... I don't know if we earned that status for the saviors since we just saw Rick just mowing them down, not left and right, you know, for the most part. And then suddenly they just got their shit together. But here we are now and we have to deal with it. And then the last thing he wrote was fans uh, hate how fractured the show is, which I just talked about again, that they're split up in five mm-hmm. different areas. Episode one was, you know, the woods and you had the kingdom and the next one, Savior's Fortress, Alexandria, now the hilltop. And now this one was in Oceanside. So we're just spread apart. This this huge this huge uh, landscape. And the article was written by Paul Tassie, just to give credit where credit is due. And I'll put a link to it on the um, on the website. I just agree with a lot of what he had to write. And um, I think I've said, part, it, I've said it before. That that fractured part, that can that's debatable. Like, I mean, we talked because that happened like when when um, when the governor uh, what blew up the prison and everything and everybody was on the train tracks for like the other half of the season. Remember right. That? But like, they all found always, each other. But they, they all always separate though. the comeback. I, I don't think that's a new thing for them to separate i don't either i but i think i guess in regards to this season because the negan thing is so immediate like you know we're watching like a very specific thing happening as opposed to people walking around and eventually making it to some mythical place known as terminus that we all assume is going to be happy and it wasn't um it, you know this is more like i want to get to the bottom of this negan thing i don't need to be spending time with tara in the ocean side right now it's right like, I wanna, right i want to go back to carl and jesus in the back of a truck somewhere like i I don't. I don't have time to go back to a yet another community. Really, I just want to see more of the tiger. That's me. I want to see more of Ezekiel and the tiger. <laughs> I mean, we're not, if I'm not getting that, I at least want to see what's going to go on with Jesus and the Carl in the back of the truck right now. There's a lot yeah, of, and Negan, uh, you can get tired of. It. I mean, they can't. Like, they have to do shows without episodes without Negan. Like oh, that yeah, could I'm get happy real that, tiring but... really quick. Well, that's why I like last Negan week. Thing. That's why, like, last week, I was puzzled by seeing articles that say, worst Walking Dead episode ever. Right. Like, what am I talking about? We had a person that's better than Negan being the threat, and we had uh, Gregory. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, why that one's the worst one. I, I guess they were saying from a ratings perspective? Like, I, is that what they were trying to say? No, like, is that what, I mean, I, 
I don't, I don't yeah, know. No, they were, they made, they put up legit reasons as to why it was like a terrible or not like, but they put up they put up reasons beyond just the ratings, but okay. just in terms of like the storyline being told or what have you. Hmm. And I had my it's not a great Walking Dead episode. It has no. you know it's got my quibbles with it, but I, I'm much happier seeing Stephen Ogg and Xander Berkeley have a dialogue scene like they had, full of tension and all kinds of stuff that this show could desperately use more of, rather than you know other nonsense that we've seen on the show previously. Yeah, no, like yeah. I don't know a whole yeah. a whole subplot devoted to a hospital that I don't care about. The or, Grady Bunch. Neg- if you see like two or three more episodes of Negan and he kills nobody, like that kind of takes away the threat of you know like it, it kind of waters down some of the. the, the we got a, we got a mid-season finale in week. So, and you know, a ninety-minute this season finale, by the way, they've announced that it's ninety-minute long. One. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. So yeah. the next week's episode is called clear your calendar. You clear your calendar. Next week's episode is called "Sing Me a Song," and then I think the mid-season finale, episode eight, is called "Hearts Still Beating." That's all we know so far, according to to Wiki. So that's it. Well, dare us hope that both of these episodes have B plots in them. <laughs> You're asking for, for a sure. lot. Yeah. That's it. I got Carl roller skating, so I mean, we'll see, right? Oh, <laughs> cut your hair, boy. Cut your hair. Cut that Valerie Bertinelli hair, man. I don't <laughs> care Bertinelli. what kind of cut your hair and get what, what kind of half-assed fanboy justification they've come up with them to have that long hair, but cut it, man. That's yeah, if I did, if I didn't like making these Facebook banner photos, that one would remain there all the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it seems like we're done talking about swear. Where can our listeners hear or read or just get in touch with us when we're not talking The Walking Dead? Aaron, start with you. Uh, if you're tired of my shenanigans on The Walking Dead TV podcast, you can listen to more of my shenanigans over on my other podcast, <laughs> Out and Out There, and an Abe, um, where my co-host Abe and I, we talk about the newest movie releases. Uh, Abe's actually out of the country right now, but this past Ooh. week we just talked about Moana. My lovely girlfriend was able to join me for that episode, which was really cool. And um, we also do commentary tracks every month. So <laughs> You should uh, have her on more often, by the way. She's actually a good addition to your show. Just, just a comment from a listener. That's all. I agree. Okay, Thank good. You were saying that. Yeah. But yeah, we do commentary tracks too um, every month. And this week, this month we did the the arrival starring Charlie Sheen from 1996. So if you want to, oh man, I'm sorry to hear that one. It's a, it's a. There's, there's some fun stuff to dissect about that movie that we talk about. But yeah, so we we have that over. That's over on iTunes, and you can find me writing about. Uh, uh, reviewing movies weekly over on my, my personal blog, thecodeazeek.com. All my links to all the stuff that I write at various sites is over there. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Now, just a question. Are you going to have a Wentz uh, Fear, uh, The Walking Dead, hashtag passage brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. Once that wraps up, are you going to do like a summation or do like a, uh, an article based around that series? Or what, what do you, is it worthy of that? Or what, what do you think? Well, there's, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do about Fear, The Walking Dead, hashtag passage <laughs> presented by Taco Bell Live Moss. I mean, on the one hand, I could write a whole summation of Fear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell Live Moss, or I might just not write a whole summation of Tear the Walking Dead hashtag passage presented by Taco Bell. Did you say Tear the Walking Dead? <laughs> no, so it's not. just a matter of how I feel. That's all I'm saying. It's also, if okay. they keep the, the payments of volcano sauce coming. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they took it off the market for everyone else, but they're giving Aaron some. They're shipping it right to his house. Exactly. Every, that's why I say that every time I say the title, I get a new box full of volcano sauce. That's what happens. Sitting <laughs> there in his Marvel, Marvel money hat, eating his Taco Bell. Living no, it's, it's Disney money. Disney money, right? It's not Marvel Disney. money. It's Disney money. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. Daryl, how about you? Uh, you can uh, check me out on uh, Twitter at the Voice One Two Three, or you can uh, go to the Taylor Network of Podcast dot com 
and uh, see uh, uh, all the podcasts that I'm on or podcasts that are a part of a network, uh, such as Nothing's On with Jim. And and uh, and I guess that's it. Okay, Richard. Well, you can find me on Twitter at ChubToad01. Find me on Instagram at ChubToad01. I am on the DCTV podcast with Daryl and Jim, as I mentioned earlier. And you can also find me in Emily Bet Rickard's dreams. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. And Jim, how about you? Strike that, reverse it, as, <laughs> as Willy Wonka would say. Uh, I produce and co-host the uh, DC TV podcast. Every week we cover all the DC television, and we're getting... Uh, tonight we started the big four-part crossover um, with Supergirl Yay. and The Flash and, uh, and Legends and Arrow, so that's exciting for all of us DC heads. And, of course, we'll be, we cover every uh, DC property show every week with reviews and discussion and a lot of fun. So check that out. And as Daryl mentioned, I'm also on uh, Nothing's On with him and uh, professional comedian Donnie Salvo. And uh, we talk TV and movies uh, all from a uh, like a television and movie addicts perspective. So check that out as well. And I'm on the Twitters at Yoda Jones, all one word. Excellent. I love that I'm going to watch The Flash and just The Flash, and I'm not going to care about anything else that goes on in this, this crossover episode. Because <laughs> they haven't Flash. paid you yet. I'm, I'm still mad about last week's reveal on the Flash. That was too obvious. Uh, it was. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So, um, Craig, how about you? What do you do? Well, when I'm not talking The Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead with you, lovely folks, I am on the Auto Chat Show, AutoChatShow.com, Facebook.com forward slash Auto Chat Show at Auto Chat Show and the Twitters, Instagrams, Periscopes. Surprisingly, not Autobots on a talk show. No, right? not we're not Autobots. We yeah. are humans reviewing new cars and discussing cars in pop culture. It's not an Auto Man. No, it's um, not Auto Man either. Podcast? No, oh. no, no. It is. It is Auto Chat. Yes. <laughs> Although Teddy Teddy gets a little crazy sometimes. Yeah, I wouldn't put him to the Autobot or Auto Man level. Uh, we we, we uh, dissect motor news, pick over the remains of motor news, review new cars, all that kind of fun stuff. Check us out, autochatshow.com, or like our Facebook page. We really appreciate that. Next week, we'll be talking about the Kia Cadenza. We're actually reviewing that. We're actually we have a couple of cars. We're a little backed up right now. We had, we have had one after the other after the other, and we have to record like two episodes in a row to get caught back up. But we were gonna we are going to do that. And check us out for for that. So, folks, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember, in this zombie apocalypse, a larder is not a fishing boat. And don't mess with 10-year-old girls with Glocks because you'll lose every time. Take care, folks.
with your boy Ike Gurley. We bound to win. Everybody in the back, everybody in the front. Oh wait, there's just one gym. Okay, we can have one. All right, yeah, it says no gyms. The yeah. gym. Yeah, it says no gyms, not gym. <laughs> I name I name my toilet gym. That way, I can honestly say I hit the gym every morning. <laughs> oh, that's gross, dude. Yes. Mm. <laughs> I don't, right. I don't want to be a receptacle for your waste. <laughs> What's so up, Kimbo? How you doing, guys? Good. We just started recording, like, really just started, so I'll just kind of intro you, and if you want to give your initial thoughts, and I just began uh, reading the synopsis, so we can kind of snake right back into that. And but- say it in Latin, like we did. We all did it in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Pig Latin. We sang it, like, monk style in Latin. Amone <laughs> sudamine. Sure you did. Sure you did. I've also enjoyed taking my pictures of me in my money hat or what have you. <laughs> Living the Hollywood it. life, you Hollywood tycoon, you. So great. Yeah. So it. great. It's literally like, I'll hear you guys start talking about why I'm not here, and I'm like, fuck you, I'm going outside to take pictures. <laughs> well, you by your pool, you had your Captain America shield, you had... Uh, exactly. What was it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, like a bunch of Oscar. money. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was like I, yeah, Oscar, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I put some money on a on a random hat that I had. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, by the way, I actually listen to these episodes. So it's, 